0: Hi, welcome to episode 97 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. And in today's episode, you're going to learn about the bizarre coincidence that Abraham Lincoln established the Secret Service on the day he was assassinated. After that segment, there's going to be a brief word from our fantastic sponsor Nature Box, and then there's going to be a bonus why article. And in that article, you're going to learn about why the Bronx in New York is called that. And then, after that, there's going to be some bonus facts which have lots more information about the Lincoln assassination. Unfortunately, even had the organization been instituted earlier, it wouldn't have helped. The Secret Service in the beginning had no part in protecting the President, but rather was tasked with cutting down on the amazing amount of counterfeit money circulated in the United States at the time, hence why until March of 2003 they were a branch of the U.S. Department of the Treasury. It is estimated that about one third of the U.S. currency in circulation was counterfeits when Lincoln signed the piece of legislation that would establish the Secret Service. Lincoln did technically have a permanent assigned guard on the night of his murder, but a more inept guard could not have been found for the President. The man was policeman John Parker. How did Parker get such an illustrious job as one of the four hand-picked to guard President Lincoln? It's a mystery. As a policeman, Parker frequently found himself in front of police boards for such things as being drunk on duty, sleeping on the job, frequenting brothels on the job, and a myriad of other charges that basically all came down to conduct on becoming an officer. Despite this, Parker managed to get off each time he was sent to the boards. For the sleeping on the job charge, he supposedly claimed he was performing his duties patrolling his area when he heard several ducks quacking on top of a trolley car. Naturally, he climbed on top to see what was going on and promptly fell asleep. As for frequently visiting brothels while on duty, he supposedly defended himself by claiming he was not actually there as a customer, but rather to visit certain of the ladies as they had called for a police officer, so it was naturally his job to go hear what they had to say, and of course they wanted to talk to him privately back in their rooms. Through all this, not only did he manage to keep his job, but when the death threats against President Lincoln became severe enough, Parker was selected, with three others, to be the President's guard. It is theorized by some that this was because he may have been related to Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, through her mother's family. Mrs. Lincoln is known to have written a letter on Parker's behalf to get him out of the draft, so at least there was some association there, whether family or not. Unfortunately for the president, on the night he was assassinated, it was Parker's shift and not one of the other three who had outstanding records as policemen. So where was John Parker when President Lincoln was being shot in the head? No one is quite sure. He did in fact start off the evening guarding the president as he was supposed to, but he couldn't see the play from his guard position, so he left to find a better location from which to watch. During intermission, he is known to have left with the president's coachman to go to the Star Saloon for some drinks. Incidentally, some accounts claim around that same time, John Wilkes Booth could also be found drinking at the Star Saloon. After this, no one is quite sure where Parker was when he was supposed to be guarding the president. The important part is that he was not at his guard post. This may or may not have mattered, though. Even had Parker been there, he very likely would have let Booth in to see the president, as Booth was a famous actor at the time and Lincoln had even been to Ford's Theatre to see one of Booth's plays in 1863. That being said, Booth would have likely been announced in that case, perhaps making it more difficult for him to deliver a fatal shot. As fellow presidential guard William H. Cook stated, Had Parker done his duty, I believe President Lincoln would not have been murdered by Booth. Parker knew that he had failed in his duty. He looked like a convicted criminal the next day. Even without Parker there, Lincoln may have survived the ordeal had his son, Robert Lincoln, chosen to accept his father's invitation to the play instead of going to meet his friend John Hay, who was the President's private secretary. Being the youngest of the party, Robert Lincoln would have sat in the back, directly next to the door. Given that Booth was using a derringer, he would have had to get close to the President for an accurate shot. Thus, would have had to walk past Robert Lincoln, which would have made it so Booth would not have been able to sneak up on the President. As to Parker's excuse for not being at his post, according to Lincoln's dressmaker, Elizabeth Keckley, Parker had this to say to Mary Todd Lincoln after she accused him of murdering her husband. I could never stoop to murder, much less to the murder of so good and great a man as the President. I did wrong, I admit, and have bitterly repented. I did not believe anyone would try to kill so good a man in such a public place, and the belief made me careless." Now you might think that Parker would finally see some real consequences for his dereliction of duty with this one. I mean, he was the President's guard and wasn't at his post and was possibly drunk at the time of the assassination. But no, the charges against Parker were dismissed, though he was tried. The transcript of the event has unfortunately been lost. In addition, the fact that Parker had been away from his post at the time of the murder was not mentioned in the official report on the Lincoln assassination, nor was it mentioned in major news reports of the day, so Parker avoided the public's wrath too. Not only this, but Parker managed to keep his job, though at least now not guarding the president directly. His new position was as White House security, including being assigned to protect Lincoln's widow. So did Parker learn his lesson after such a dramatic occurrence? Nope. After three more years of spotty service, he was finally fired on August 13, 1868, for sleeping on the job. Ironically, Parker and his family are buried in Glenwood Cemetery, which borders Lincoln Road. So today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by NatureBox, a subscription service for nutritious snacks with new snacks introduced every month made from wholesome ingredients. Unlike most foods you're probably used to eating, NatureBox snacks contain no high fructose corn syrup, no partially hydrogenated oils, no trans fats, and no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors. So one of the great things about NatureBox sponsoring this podcast is they sent me a big box full of various snacks to enjoy, which I have been doing while recording and editing this podcast and making it all possible. Possible. Now, one of the things that I've been enjoying so far has to have been the baked sweet potato fries. And I am a huge fan of sweet potatoes, so it's no surprise. But these things taste amazing. They're also apparently very good for you, which is also a plus, but they taste like they would be terrible for you because they are so delicious. Now, another thing, uh, if you don't like sweet potato, there is going to be something you like. They say that everything tastes better with sriracha sauce, and that is certainly the case with the roasted cashews that they have included. They're quite spicy, but they are absolutely delicious and the sriracha sauce that they've used on those cashews just really makes for a delicious snack. So, this episode brought to you by NatureBox. You can get 50% off your first box if you go to naturebox.com forward slash knowledge. Thanks to NatureBox for sponsoring this show. Why there is an area of New York called the Bronx This is thanks to a 17th century Scandinavian man by the name of Jonas Bronk, originally from Choshen in the Faroe Islands. In 1639, Bronck immigrated to New Amsterdam in New Netherlands, which was right next to what is today called Bronx River, named after Jonas Bronck. Why? In New Amsterdam, Bronck owned a 680-acre farm which was called, unimaginatively, Bronx Land, and the river abutting it Bronx's River. He held this land for just four years before dying in 1643. From there, various people owned this property, keeping the name Bronx's Land until Colonel Lewis Morris acquired it and renamed it Manor of the Morrisania. Despite the renaming of the land, the river next to it continued to be called Bronx's River. From the river's name, the modern-day name of Bronx got extended to the region directly around the river in the late 19th century. The name for the region has stuck ever since. And now for today's bonus facts. While you'd have thought Lincoln's assassination would have shown the need for better protection for the president, this didn't happen until after President Garfield and President McKinley were assassinated in 1881 and 1901, respectively. After the McKinley assassination, it was ultimately decided that the Secret Service should take over the responsibility of guarding the president, starting with Theodore Roosevelt. This may seem like a strange choice to assign the Treasury Department's police force to this task, but at the time, they were the only federal law enforcement agency with enough manpower to take on this job and others, given the Secret Service at that time. Many of those jobs were later assigned to the FBI, CIA, etc. after their respective creation. Bonus Fact 2 Lincoln's was not initially meant to be the only assassination on the night Booth murdered him. Lewis Powell, David Herold, and George Atzerodt were also to kill strategic targets at the same time, with the hope of destabilizing the government. Powell and Herold were to kill Secretary of State William H. Seward. Atzerodt was to kill Vice President Andrew Johnson. Powell almost managed to assassinate Seward, who was already bedridden at the time, but he was intercepted before getting to the bedside of Seward, and in a subsequent scuffle, his gun misfired and it became useless. He then switched to using a knife, but was only able to wound Seward before a scuffle with others in the house resulted in him having to flee. Atzerodt simply lost his courage for the thing and went out and got drunk instead. Atzerodt had initially only signed on to the ordeal when it was planned to simply kidnap the targets. Once the plan changed to murder, he lost his enthusiasm. Bonus fact 3. It's actually kind of a wonder that Lincoln wasn't assassinated before he was. Despite the numerous death threats he received and a near miss in 1864, he frequently walked around, rode horseback, took in plays, went to church, etc. without any guard whatsoever. Whenever possible, he avoided bringing his assigned police guard or, before that, occasional military escort as he disliked having an escort. Nine months before his actual assassination, he even had his hat shot off in an apparent assassination attempt while riding his horse. It's no wonder Lincoln reportedly had a dream of being assassinated shortly before he was killed. Bonus fact 4: While Secret Service agents protecting the president are often depicted in movies as always wearing suits, in fact, the non-uniform division will dress to blend into their surroundings. So, if they are at a beach, they'll likely be wearing shorts and a t-shirt, depending on what is appropriate. The fact that the president is generally shown at suit and tie type events mean that the Secret Service are also generally seen that way as they dress to match. But these Secret Service agents protecting the president don't have a specific uniform, though others do. Bonus fact five: the first Secret Service agent to die in the line of duty was William Craig. He died when a trolley car hit President Roosevelt's horse carriage. Roosevelt was not seriously injured, but Craig was killed. Bonus fact five: the only member of the Secret Service to be killed while protecting a president, in this case President Harry Truman, was Leslie Coffelt. Not only did he die while protecting the president, but after being shot three times in his chest and abdomen, he managed to get off a single shot at one of the would-be assassins, Grisello Torresola. He made that shot count, hitting Torresola in the head, killing him. The other would-be assassin, Oscar Collazo, was shot by two White House policemen during the same altercation. He recovered but had to serve 29 years in prison before being let out. Bonus fact seven. While for a long time lifelong protection was offered to all presidents and vice presidents and their immediate families, that is no longer the case. For all presidents after January 1, 1997, protection will only be offered for 10 years after leaving office. This change was put down as part of the Treasury Department Appropriations Act of 1995. Anyone who was president before that date will still receive lifetime protection. Bonus Fact 8. General George Washington was given a Commander in Chief Guard during the American Revolution, but this was disbanded in 1783. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.